You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market, and Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Union 0430, episode 93, and we've got Robbie Kroger from Blood Origins on, and just so you know, just so that everybody gets this straight, he's no relation to the Kroger, um, you know, supermarket chain down in the south, so uh, don't go looking for any deals on groceries or anything like that, all right? Yeah, so, plus I run a non-profit, so I don't, yeah. I'm not going to give any money out either for that. Absolutely. So, and and that's something we're going to get into is is this nonprofit you have for Blood Origins and and your idea of educating and and just getting everybody on board with hunting. Um, we're going to touch on that as soon as we get in. But first off, welcome back to Ryan Bro. I think it's been like four months since Ryan's been on the show. Yeah, tip your hats, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. He's back. He's looking as beautiful as ever. Um, Wouldn't say that. And he is in Nova Scotia. Mark is just outside the nation's capital, outside of Ottawa, Canada. I'm outside Odessa, uh, Ontario. Robbie Kroger coming to us all the way from Mississippi, the United States of America. And he is the owner of the nonprofit Blood Origins. And ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, you've got to get on this on his social media and start watching and reading the stuff that he's posting because it is, it's brilliant. It's well put together. And, and I think you're in for a great, great show. So Robbie, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Our good friend, Craig Lalonde told us about you. He listens to all your, all your podcasts and everything. So um, love it. And uh, can't wait to get into this with you because I think you're, you're right up our alley on, on a lot of your thoughts when it comes well, to hunting. I appreciate the invite. Um, and yeah, Craig tagged me in that, in that post that you said about like respecting wildlife. And he was like, let's hear what you have to say. Yeah. And so I had to, I had to put in a, a little two cents there. Um, Absolutely. I will say something. I, you know, I, I was hoping that your introduction would have said that I had a better accent than you three Canadians. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, well, <but laughs> it, it's, it's good. So I tell you what, so what's going to happen is either one of two things is going to happen. Someone's going to go, holy shit, the boys got somebody from across the pond on the show. So the things are going well, or someone's going to go, well, it's bad enough. We got two Newfoundlanders on the show and we don't understand what they're saying. And now, and now they got a Brit on. So, uh, you know, one whoa, of two whoa, things whoa, whoa, whoa. is a, a Brit. A Brit? A Brit? Oh, sorry. That's a South That's African. A, yeah, oh, even so, I knew that. Uh, uh, wow. This is after uh, a roaring oh, start. Oh, Guys, yeah. it's been a pleasure. It's been yeah. a pleasure, but I'm gone. Fail. <laughs> Fail on Damien Spirit. See, that's why you don't let me do these things. This is why we can't have nice things, Robbie. I am so sorry. So hey, she's going to call you. Call me an Australian or a New Zealander. So we're good there. Okay. I. <laughs> I apologize. See, ladies and gentlemen, live. No, no edit. This is this is how we roll. Mark. The number one rule, Damien, is don't wow. assume. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You assume. True. Yeah. I'm sure it's the mother I, of all fuck ups. Yeah. Anyway, let's not focus on Damien's fuck up and let's uh, get on with the show here and uh, and talk to Robbie all about blood origins. And I really like 
Robbie, the one thing I really like is, is your, your title on your social media, where it says that, you know, you're a nonprofit or organ, a nonprofit organization that conveys, you know, the importance of hunting. And I, and I love that because the importance of hunting, and that is something that I don't think many people are comfortable coming out saying in, in today's world, right? Because we we're always surrounded by these aunties and people that think, well, it's bad and, and it's murder and all this stuff. And the fact that you're now things are starting to make a lot more sense to me, but now that you're from South Africa and, and the way that South Africa has completely revolutionized hunting and, and how it's um, bringing back the, the healthy herds, especially with, you know, with rhinoceros and lions and, and stuff like this. So it's really starting to come together now for me. I'm a little bit slow. I, 20 <laughs> years in the army, 20 years in the army, I've got a mental illness, uh, you know, excuses, sure, sure. excuses. Well, um, um, you know, from a nonprofit perspective, obviously I don't own the nonprofit. I just run it. I founded right. it. I, I built it. Um, and really our mission statement to your point is, is very straightforward. We convey the truth about hunting and the truth yeah. really is something that, um, you know, when you look at the hunting space, you look at the hunting community space for so long, all we've been doing is talking in an echo chamber and the, the communication that we have in our echo chamber is really look how big of an animal I can shoot. Um, because at the, at the end of the day, hunting has killing built into it. That's inherent to hunting. It's the difference between us going hiking and hunting is that we look to kill something and there's nothing wrong with that. And we shouldn't shy away from that. And we shouldn't apologize for that. Um, however, ego and the sort of in, innate tribal competitiveness that is um, men that is this like tribalism that came from our DNA ancestry of dragging a, an animal back to the fire and you getting the, the best cuts and the best woman around the fire sort of transcends into the hunting industry space. And so there's always this sort of one-upmanship and mm -hmm. that one-upmanship in the social media world that we live in today is bad news for us because it's easy fodder for anti-hunters, number one, to pick up and to use against us. And so that's why in that post, I said, I always start those kinds of poses. Like, does this help or hurt hunting? When you see something, you've got to ask yourself that question. What am I about to do? Is it going to help or is it going to hurt hunting? Mm -hmm. A trophy picture is not going to hurt hunting if you provide the right context. If right. you provide and you show the respect of that animal, that you've cleaned it up, that it doesn't have its tongue hanging out, all the things that we should know about. Um, so you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to convey the, everything else other than the kill from a mm -hmm. blood origins perspective, because we don't need to. Like, why would I need yeah. to show the kill in blood origins? I don't, because it's that thing that's inherent to what we do. So why don't we show everything else that is the truth, which is your heart, Damien, Merck's heart, um, about why you hunt, the benefits of hunting, the benefits to people, the benefits to community, the benefits to fitness, the benefits to mental acuity or you know mental health um for economies around the world all of these things that we've almost sort of forgotten about because at the end of the day they're not very sexy they're not very sexy for a hunting community to talk about it doesn't generate 
the 2,000 likes or 3,000 likes post that a big buck trophy picture would. But yeah. we're in a space, thankfully, that I don't care about likes and I don't care about engagement, specifically in the hunting space, because I'm not creating content for hunters. I'm creating content for non-hunters. Yes, hunters consume it. Okay, don't get me wrong. Hunters consume it, hunters pick it up, hunters share it. And I think that's um, one of the things that we harp on a lot is what is the content that you're sharing? Because your, 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 your circles, your social media circles, you three individuals have social media circles to yourselves that have non-hunters in it. And how are you influencing those non-hunters in those social media circles with the, with the stuff that you share? And we're, we're terrible sharers of that non-sexy content because it doesn't, it doesn't trigger that thing that is that primal competitive egoness in hunting. But it's in very important material that needs to be shared to the non-hunting community that you are engaging with on a daily basis. So that's what we do. That's all we do. We do it 24-7, 365. Um, and we vary, we, you know, we're, we do stuff all around the world, right? We've done stuff from Canada. We've done stuff from South Africa. Like this morning, we're dealing with some um, uh, legislative action out of New York trying to ban the import of trophies out of South Africa or out of Africa. Um, we do stuff in the UK, Spain, you name it. We've got a very, very big global fingerprint. And surprisingly, and our second biggest fingerprint is Canada. So really, um, I, I did notice, though, lately, one of the big projects that you're working on is Arkansas Black Bear. Yeah, so we we implement direct conservation projects. So I'll put it out to you and your audience right now. If you know of a project mm -hmm. that needs some money that we can raise money for, that it's a direct implementation project, i.e. let's find the project, let's find the money, and let's just send the money in and they do the project. That's what we do. That's what Blood Origins does. And then we tell, you know, we tell the story of it. We tell the crap. We, we tell everyone about the good work that we're doing. And yeah, the Arkansas Black Bear Project is a great project. It's collecting science and data on black bears so that we understand the sustainability of wildlife of the black bear population in the state of Arkansas, which as hunters, we should all want. We should want the best science to defend our position that that mm -hmm. population is not going to be discernibly changed because of the action of hunting. And if the population is going to change negatively because of hunting, well, we should reduce hunting. And we should all even stop hunting for a while to let that population go up. Um, so that's what we're, that's what the Arkansas Black Bear Project's about. And I really, as I, I cannot emphasize enough, if, if people have stories out there, documentaries, ideas for things to do, that's what we were built for. We weren't, I wasn't, Blood Origins wasn't built for Robbie Kroger. Robbie Kroger built Blood Origins for the three of you on this podcast right now and for everyone that's listening to it that's what we built it for we built it for the community that's amazing i really want to go back to this this idea where you say you know you don't have to show the kill you're more about talking the story and and everything and and you know the story and and all of those things aren't sexy and and i've got to admit that while personally i'd much rather the story but I, I managed for the most part, my business partner, Dave, um, him as well. But for the most part, I manage our social media. I'm the one that's, that puts the posts up and, and, and the whole bit. 
And I do not do enough of the story or the good things about why I'm doing it, why I enjoy doing it so much, because it's not just about the kill, right? Like there's, there's so much more to it. And I, I know personally, I don't stress the fact of how much I enjoy watching my dog work or having my son with me or something like that. Right. So yeah, I, I think I need to make a more conscious effort with what I'm putting out because you're hundred percent right. Like I, I really don't care if like, I, I just want people to be happy with the, the message that I'm sending out. So what's people going to be more happier with? I think people to be happier with a story as opposed to seeing a stack of ducks because a stack of ducks is a stack of ducks is a stack of ducks. Yeah, but I, let me let me hear from the other two. What do you guys think? I think we've talked about it a lot on this show about um, it's almost like a measuring contest between hunters and we've kind of gotten away from um, what's really important and it, what's really important is to make sure like things like conservation are, are sustainable for long periods of time um, as, as popularity comes and goes up and down, like in certain parts of the North America, you know, um, especially in the U S I find like there's just, it's, it's such a it's more business than it is about what it is at the grassroots. And I think it's just kind of important for people to stay on track with what this is truly all about. And what should be important and what's what's going to really contribute to sustainment of uh of the hunting community for me personally um i'm not a, like you'll see it a lot I'm, you see it more now because it's a technology that's available and people use but i'm not a fan of shot cams i don't know you know what i'm talking about it's uh people put whatever brand of camera on their shotgun or on their bow or whatever and it shows the moment the animals taken down and uh or or knocked out of the sky or whatever and i just i personally don't find it appealing i don't think it's a good look uh what i do really enjoy obviously is the story i mean we've all all of us have had great stories about different hunts that led up to it what led to it uh the things that happened during the hunt besides the kill sometimes the kill and the after what, what happened afterwards. I mean, I, I know in my experience now where I've been more heavily involved in the hunting world in the last 15 years than in earlier in my life. But uh, my experience now is that I'd rather have a good story to tell overall than, than just have, just say, Hey, look, cause I, cause I have been successful in getting a large deer and the best part about that large deer was the massive amount of meat that went in my freezer <laughs> and the story that led up to it, like having it, having it hung, strung up in the garage with me taking a picture next to it, that, that probably, that wasn't my favorite part of that. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but you, but you posted that picture. You didn't post did. the freezer. You didn't post the freezer meat. Now no, I ask this question 15 years ago, would it be different? 15 years ago, uh, er, earlier, not even 15, seven years ago, for 
two, three, four times a week. And Ryan was, Ryan was a part of this. We were posting up pictures of piles of geese two, three, four times a week. Piles anywhere from five to 35, 40 birds. And that's how many hunts we were doing. And it's just, it actually got old. Like you're putting up all these pictures of just a pile of geese, a pile of geese, a pile of geese, a pile of geese. And I know to some people it's like, wow, I'd love to be in that situation, but that's all, that's all the pictures were. There was no story. It was just another picture of a pile of birds. And while, yeah, there's some hunting people that looked at that favorably. I had a, a family members that just look at me and say, you have some sort of bloodlust. Like that's you, it's clearly, that's the only thing I see is that you have a bloodlust. Says you keep putting up all these pictures of dead animals and that's all I see. And I, I, in my, I defended myself at that point. I'm like, no, I don't have a bloodlust. And then I kind of thought back about what was being presented to her over that period. And she was hundred percent right from what I've showed her. Cause that's all I showed her was that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there was no story. There was no, there was no backstory. There was nothing. It was just piles mm -hmm. of dead birds, two, three, four times a week. I mean, Damien was there. Ryan was there. We, but that's what, that's what I presented. And, and it, it took me a while after that discussion to realize, you know what? She's a hundred percent right. That's, that's all I showed her. Yeah. And I think the, to me, two things. Number one, I don't think seven years ago you were wrong. Okay. And I think that people go through stages. That's why I wanted to ask, like, so you evolve as a hunter, right? You evolve in your thought pattern, you evolve in your, your, you, some, you know, you go from 20 somethings to now our age that you may have kids. I've got kids. You think more about that than you do, you know, the piles essentially. And you just have to evolve through it. What you hope is, to the second point, which is what you what happened when that individual engaged with you, is you took a step back and you thought. And one of the things that we always say in Blood Origins is thinking will save hunting. If you just put a bit of thinking in what you do, think about what you post, think about what you say, think about how you react. Think about you know when that person calls you out that maybe they're not the, the asshole that you think they are because they've called you out versus take a step back and think like, is there something there that maybe I need to consider? Or maybe in, if there isn't, respond in a very respectful tone back and say, you know, appreciate your comment. And I think that's one of the things if you watch Blood Origins enough and you, and you see how we act and do you see the way that we interact with people, we're very different. And that we are very courteous. People have called us gentlemanly in how we react. And there's so many times that I don't want to be gentlemanly, right? I want to just be like you, whatever, right? Um, but you have to be because what happens is this is the way that I look at it. And this is where I hope you would take from this and the people that are listening to it. Don't ever respond. Don't ever think, again, thinking. Don't ever think about that response being the response that you want that person that you're responding to to react to think about that that response is going to be looked at by 10,000 people how are those 10,000 going to look at what you just said leonardo dicaprio drops a post about wolves he didn't write it somebody wrote it probably got paid for it 
and we comment on it. It's not to get him to comment back, but rather the 200,000 people that are going to about to read what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. Right. It, 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 and it really is. And, and I'm not trying to just blow smoke up your ass because it is a, it's a mentality and a thought process that you're going through that I don't, I'm confident to say that I haven't met anybody that has deliberately put this much thought into how they are being perceived on social media. And, and I don't mean that all my friends and people, they just don't care. That's not what I'm getting at. Um, I've got a ton of friends that make sure that the, the pictures are always tasteful and, and all of that great, good stuff. But the fact that you are consciously just making sure that you're not perceived to be the bad person that they want you to be because they want you to be a bad person, right? Oh yeah, they want they want the reaction. Yeah, they're trying to to goat you in the in the saying something, doing something, so that they can that plays into their narrative a little bit more, right? Yep. So, yep. um, in in the time and not taking anything away from any guests that we've had on this show in the past, but I I don't think we've had anybody with your thought process come on the show. Um, that is so blatant in, in how you want to interact with, with the public. Um, well, the thing is, it doesn't come just like this, right? We've been at it for four years or five years and just the stuff that we get tagged into now. Mm -hmm. Like I'll wake up in the morning and I wake up early 4 a.m. and I'll have 170 WhatsApp messages and how many, I don't know how many DMs. And most of the DMs are just like, Hey, check this post out. Or hey, check this post out. Hey, mm -hmm. or it's a tag, right? All they go in the comments is they just go at Blood Origins in the comments. Right. Um, and yeah, just it's just it's just something that we've developed. It's it's just a, a way that you know we've got also we've started and one of the things that we're hoping to roll out this year is we're building a, a resource page on our website, which will have like infographics that people can pull links that people can pull, maybe even content that people can copy and paste. So for instance, if someone goes, like the latest thing that's been that we've been embroiled in um, is the whole elephant hunting situation in Botswana right now. Uh, just to make it a short story, a huge monster tusker hit the dirt, over a hundred pound tusker hit the dirt in Botswana. And it was a huge uproar. How dare you, it's a tourist icon. Uh, there's not many of them left, yada, 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 yada. And if you don't know anything, and there's hunters, there was, if you don't know anything, one, you don't know how to respond, okay? And two, you have hunters that are completely ambivalent to this idea is like, well, that's, that's just pure greed. That's just a rich white guy going over and shooting an elephant. And that's disgusting. That's abhorrent. And that person actually was on a anti-hunting page, Instagram page, that was against the hunt. And it was a hunter agreeing with them. And I was like, what the hell is this? So I DM'd him. I said, what's the deal here, dude? He was like, these guys are just greedy. You know, why would you need to hunt an elephant? I said, okay, let me ask you a question. You hunt turkeys all the time. Why do you hunt turkey? 
I do it for the adventure. I do it for the thrill. I do it for, you know, the meat. I said, that's exactly why this guy hunts elephants. So what is the difference here? And it just, he couldn't wrap his mind. He thought that this was an animal that you go up and pet. It was just, you couldn't wrap your mind around, right? So it's us giving this information out. And if there's nobody else putting the information out, then that rhetoric of what that individual has in his brain is perpetuated by the anti-hunting establishment and anybody else that picks up that photo and just generates, you know, whatever stories they want out of it. Mm-hmm. But what about, what about this idea of, and, and I say idea, but it, this, the proof is out there. Um, it, it's been proven, it, it, you know, both scientifically and economically, it's been proven about these hunts. So look at, Botswana and and Kenya and all these places where the tribe or or the town or the village or whatever the fuck it is it it's surviving it's surviving not only survive but successfully thriving all because of managed managed hunts where so no black market poachers coming in um the town or the village or whoever's managing that population, they decide which animal gets taken. They decide how many animals is, is harvested per year, how nothing is wasted. How does that narrative play into your, I guess, education for the antis or the non-hunters? Like, is, is that a narrative that you use uh, you used a, you used a word in the beginning called the proof. Yeah, and it's Wednesday right now when we're recording this. And to us, Wednesdays are proof Wednesdays. So if you look yeah. on our Instagram right now, we have proofs of two things out of Mozambique right now. Um, but here's the kicker. Yes, there's proof everywhere, but nobody's nobody tells that story. Right. Nobody's bothered to tell the story. Think about all the African hunts that you have watched on Outdoor Channel, on Sportsman's Channel, on whatever you want to, whatever you want to watch, right? How many hunts did you actually see someone eating the meat in the village? Or did you see the benefits of the borehole getting put in or the school getting built? Mm. If you had a 30-minute show, 28 minutes was of the guy hunting the animal. Yeah. 30 seconds of it was the meat and the benefits hitting the community. Yeah. Nobody gave you the data. Nobody told you how many, how much meat was given. Nobody told you how many villagers it fed. There's not, none of that exists. We Again, know that, it should be true. Is, yeah. Because that stuff's not sexy, as you say, right? In my world, I'd prefer to have 28 minutes of me interacting with the kids and the woman cooking fresh elephant meat on a fire inside a mud hut mm-hmm. and letting and showing the the joy and the laughter and the fat dribbling down their mouths mm-hmm. because of the 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 because of the action of the hunt and maybe show the hunt for right. 30 seconds yeah but I- that's me building content not Yes, it'll educate hunters. It should absolutely because then they can take that information and push it into their into their circles. But it's for non-hunters. I'm just 
I'm, I'm going to look at your, or maybe Merck is doing it right now. Um, going to video. Oh, I thought you were going to do your share screen because I'm going to look at your Instagram right now while you were talking. Oh, just look at the look at the post we did this afternoon. The post yeah. we did this afternoon was it's part of our series of content called we call perception. It's a perception series. So the first one was about that hunting and poaching are the same thing. And I won't go into it, but it's not obviously. And the best mm -hmm. analogy that anybody can put in the back of their brains is like, if you think hunting is poaching, it's the same thing as thinking that shopping and shoplifting are the same thing. <laughs> good. That's a good analogy. Very good. Yeah, it is. A, it is a really good analogy. I really do like it. I wanted to, and and it's good because um, I'm curious to hear what Ryan and Merck's uh, thoughts are on this too. Because I watched I watched a video on your social media where um, the question was asked: Why do you enjoy hunting? Why, why is it fun to why hunt? Why is it fun to hunt? Why is it yeah. fun to hunt? Right? And, you know, like everybody's, you know, everybody's got their own feelings, but does anybody actually sit back and, and reflect on what it is that's so fun about hunting? Because I just say, well, I, I have fun. Okay, but what is it about what's so fun about it? Because you know, you are taking a life. And that was sort of playing into that post that I did last week that Craig tagged, tagged you in, Robbie, is like, listen, I get it. I understand that it that this is fun for you and, and it's an activity and, and something that you're passionate about. But you are taking the life of something and there has to be some respect and, and all of that stuff that comes along with it is what I feel. But like, Ryan, like, in your mind, why is it fun to hunt? And I, I, I got to ask this question because when I, when I watched that video, I was like, how many fellas are asked that question? Men, ladies, you know, uh, how many people are actually asked? Why is it fun, fun to hunt? I, as you were like rhyming it off, I'm like, I don't think I've ever been asked that really, honestly, yeah. truthfully. Um, and like, we kind of talked about like the maturations of a hunter, like as you get older, your priorities change in the hunting and, and I think that kind of develops in the same way. But like, for me, it's been like, obviously we've talked about it a lot. It's the table fair is, you know, obviously very important. Um, but, you know, there's other factors like, you know, the sites and the, like, I always think like when I, if I get up early in the morning, go to work, like, especially in the springtime, it always takes me back to turkey hunting and getting up with the sun and watching nature wake up. You know, I, you'll never, in, you'll never experience that like sitting under uh, a cedar tree like you, you'll never there's nothing like it like unless you go out and do it you'll never experience that um the the things you see in nature like when nature doesn't know you're there the same it's the same concept like to me that's that's the, the other enjoyable the tangible aspects of hunting you know and then and of course like getting a wild animal you know convincing or coaxing it to do what you want it to do I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how many times I've asked the question, probably 80 times. Okay. Yeah. Every, every person we interview, we ask the question. And I haven't yet to have someone say, because I love killing shit. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. And if somebody exactly. did say that, that would, that would, you know, 
set off some alarms and perhaps you need to go talk to somebody else. Oh, um, no, let's just talk about that. So if someone says, I like, I love killing shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just break that down a little bit. Hunting inherently by definition is search, chase, find. Okay. Mm-hmm. So inherently those three terms have failure tied to them. There's no finality to any of those there's always a it's sort of infinite those three terms have sort of an infiniteness to them so there's a failure component to that so if you truly were because you like killing shit then you wouldn't hunt because you would fail more often than you actually kill okay so the idea so so then to me the answer immediately back is i don't believe you okay two if you then come back to me and said no that is truly what i love to do like fair enough okay do you volunteer your services down at the local abattoir or the local chicken farm because there's going to be a bunch of shit there to kill and they'd be happy to take your services volunteer they won't even charge you yeah and so now so then that last point is like okay well if that's true then why are you paying to do this like you're paying money to do all this kind of work Mm, you're paying you know thousands of dollars to fly somewhere mm-hmm. because you just like to kill shit doesn't make sense doesn't add up to me and yeah. to me then that response is a pure ego response and you haven't really thought about the question comes back to the whole thinking argument mm-hmm. again right yeah mark i don't know if you if you heard the question um but i i pose, i i asked it to ryan and it was something that was on on blood origins social media why is it fun to hunt and i'm just i'm curious on what your thoughts are on why it's fun to hunt for me it's about being out in nature i did hear some of what ryan was saying but i was in the middle of troubleshooting um oh i mirror a lot of what ryan's saying Uh, a good example would be my wife who's not a hunter uh and i but i still wanted her to experience what it was like to wake the world up in the morning turkey hunt right because it's just you're something else when you go out and everything's dead silent you might hear an owl but that's all you're hearing we go out we sit in the blind and then the world wakes up and as everything starts to happen and the deer showed up in front of us and then uh hen turkeys came out and the jake came out but we weren't shooting them. I just, I just wanted her to experience what I experience, and that's what I love about it. I mean, just the, ex, just the experience of everything in general, and it's, and it's like, kind of like Ryan said, nothing knows you're there. It's just awesome to see how everything interacts, and, and that, that's my favorite part of hunting is when you're, you're just there in it, and it's doing its normal thing, and, and you're there in the middle of it all. And that, like that's, that's my favorite, and she got to experience it. Now, granted, it was a cold morning, and she had to get up at three in the morning. And after that, she said, "I'm glad I experienced it." Now, never ask me to do this again. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I got to share it with her. You know, yeah. One of the things I really love about hunting, right, is just the experience mm-hmm. of, of being in nature and not like I, I've gone deer seasons where I've been I've hunted thirty days, and and the buck I was looking for never showed up thirty days like 30 different hunts and uh enjoyed every one of them didn't matter if it was raining didn't matter if it's snowing i've been out in minus 20 celsius sitting in a blind 
hoping this buck would show up and never showed up, but I still enjoyed my time. <laughs> right. I, I, so, I would, I would suspect that the majority of the people that you ask Robbie, it's always a different answer. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And, and the one, like the, probably the most prophetical answer we've received is when you ask that question, an anti-hunter is assuming the answer is because I like to kill. Kill, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, but I've never heard that question asked to somebody. You know, like someone will say, like, "Well, why do you do it?" But that's not—that's a totally different question than why is it fun, right? Mm -hmm. That's two totally different questions with two totally different answers that could come from it, depending on who the person is. Right. So mm -hmm. to have the, to ask the question and to touch on what Ryan said, and even what you said, Robbie, a little bit earlier, I think a person's reasoning with their, as they mature through their hunting career, I think that's going to change it. it the, the, the grassroots of it will always be the same, but I think what, what they measure as fun will change as they progress through their hunting career. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Something else that I've really over the last couple of years, and I'm just kind of going on what I already just talked about, how I'm learning to interact with nature. Because since I've been here in, in this part of Ontario, I've spent a lot of time in the woods with bears, a lot of time. And at first, there was a fear. Uh, almost at the level of Damien's fear of uh, bears and uh, and it was just you know I don't I don't want to be around them what am I going to do if I come in contact with them what what are they going to attack me am I, is it going to stalk me in the dark and now it's at the point where I don't even take a firearm or anything in the woods now in the dark I can just go and enjoy it and I'll, I, don't, I don't turn on a flashlight unless I absolutely need it so I can go and and, and and interact with nature on my own with no no weapons i mean someday down the road i might pay for this but <laughs> we're hoping no and, and just thoroughly enjoy being out in it and interacting and not having any fear of what's going on out there while i'm in the dark in the woods it's, it's a strange thing that i enjoy but i really do enjoy that <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah black bears are my nemesis not my nemesis like damien as i understand uh but uh i've been hunting black bears in maine for three years I've been on a tree stand uh, more than 72 hours and I've seen two cubs oh really so um, they are not that is my nemesis from a hunting perspective I plan to come to Canada hopefully spring 23 and see 30 bears and kill one so <laughs> that's uh yeah I, I don't like black bears I don't like bears at all um petrified absolutely absolutely and Robbie, you do not understand how scared I am of bears. Like I am petrified it's pretty, of bears. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. I got chased. I used to work in, I used to be a forest technician before, before I joined the military and I got chased. I got in between, a, a, got in between a sow and her cub one time and, and I got chased. Um, first job, first at a college, first job working in the woods first week in the woods alone by myself running lines um get in between a sow and a cub get chased by the sow 
and been pet. So that was in 1999 and I've been petrified ever since. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And sounds like you need to go with Merck to just get it over and done with, man. I know, I know, I know. Um, I wanted to touch on on something else and because I've been I'd like to say I've been pouring over your social media, but I've been been looking at it. And there was one thing that that I read that really caught my attention. And and we brought it up on this show a million times, and that is how how hunters proclaim it, and we are, because I honestly believe this, that we are the greatest conservationists in the world, right? Like all of our money, our, our licensing, our tags, the, the fundraising dinners that we go to, the nonprofits like yourself and, and everything else that's out there. Um, we are constantly given our money for the conservation of, of the things that we chase. And and I read on your social media that, and I'm paraphrasing, but if you're an anti-hunter, you're not a conservationist. And that is, that's words that's been put together that I've never, ever heard put together in the same sentence. But to me, it makes 100% sense. Because how can you call yourself a conservationist if the health of a herd, the health of a species, the health of the environment is not one of your priorities. And, and hunting is, is one of those things. It may be on the back of why hunting is fun for you, but ultimately that is what you're doing. And that's why you, you buy your tags. That's why you buy your license. That's why you attend the fundraising. No, dinners. that's not why you do it. That's not why you do it. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's tell the okay. truth. Okay. okay. None of us here buy our tags for conservation. We buy our tags because we want to hunt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay? Yeah. That's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a rhetoric difference here. There's okay. semantics, all right? And okay. that's where everyone starts getting, it's sort of a gray area when it comes to semantics around this issue. So let's talk about anti-hunting first. We're not saying that you have to be a, to be a conservationist, you have to be a hunter. That's untrue. It's not a, it's not a true statement. However, an anti-hunting organization is a true statement. An anti-hunting organization is not a pro-wildlife conservation organization. It's an anti-wildlife conservation organization. And the reason why we say that is this, is that if a population, a wildlife population does well, lions start booming, elephants start booming, rhinos start booming, wolves start booming, they're out of business. Think of it that way. They're out of business. So they always want wildlife to be in peril. They want wildlife to be on the brink of extinction. They want wildlife because that's what brings the money in, right? Anything that we're doing that's doing a service to wildlife is not good. Even though they may say it, it's not good because they'll be out of a job at the end of the day. Number two, people say hunting is conservation. Hunting in 95% of its form is not conservation. People are like, what, Robbie? You're freaking mad, man. No, it's true. The only form of hunting that is conservation is tied to invasive species. For instance, your uh, snow goose depredation hunts, true conservation hunts, 
because the population is absolutely eating itself out of house and home. That's why you have no limits. That's why you have no limits of your shells. You can use electronic callers, all the rest of it. Same with pigs, same with all other, some, all other invasive species. Their hunting as an action is a direct conservation benefit to the habitat or other species because of the action itself. 95% of the time though, hunting as an action is not directly conservation. It has multiple links between it and conservation. So let's go back to your original truth, which is I'm buying my tags for conservation. No, you're not. You're buying your tags to hunt, but the link is there because your money is being plowed back into conservation, your licenses, your tags, you're attending these banquets, all of that money gets funneled back into conservation. And at the end of the day, the last thing I'll say is that as hunters, we want wildlife. We have to look, we think of, again, I'm, what I'm doing here all the time is I'm giving you information, I'm giving your listeners information for something that they could say one day to someone, right? Wildlife is an economic asset. Think of it like that. It's like your bank account. Do you want more money in your bank account or less money in your bank account? You always want more money. Same with wildlife. We want more wildlife to a point, but we want more wildlife because that means we can, um, we can hunt more and we can continue to hunt. And that's what we want. So why would we ever depress a wildlife population to a point where we can't hunt it. So, I'm, uh, I'm speechless. Well done. Speechless. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, but you seriously, because this, you think I've said this a couple of times, right? Yeah. No, but it, it, it's very true because you know what? I I buy it like the things that I'm saying, and and you're and you're putting up a very. It's, it's a brilliant rebuttal and, and it makes a hundred percent sense, but that is, that's, that's the, the spiel that I give. I've been given that spiel for so long um, that I guess I, I, yeah, I, I guess I just embodied it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I would, I've said, well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm buying my peg. My money goes to conservation. I'm a conservationist. Yeah. Well, I did. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, that's what I'm saying. But at, in the grand scheme of things, it's because I want to hunt. Because honestly, and I guess the best thing for me to do is, is to admit it now that I think about it. If my duck hunting stamp was free or my turkey tag was free, I think it'd be fucking a perfect world. Now you could, you know, for instance, if you, you've got you know kids, what I mean? Like, yeah. So like I've got kids, right? And yep. I buy them duck stamps. Mm -hmm. That is the only reason I'm buying those duck stamps is because that money goes into conservation because mm -hmm. they're not hunting. Mm -hmm. So if you decided, you know, again, again, getting away from the action, like yourself, I have to buy a wild, I have to buy a duck stamp to hunt. Yeah. That's why I'm buying the bloody duck stamp. Let's be honest, people. Yeah. But if you decided to buy 10, yeah. Which you can do. Yeah. Which you can do. You, yeah. Not yeah. many people do. Not many people do. <laughs> no. But now you're talking, now you've got a different conversation because you put your money where your mouth is beyond the action that is necessary. 
Yeah. Good, I, I, good point. Yeah, I dig it. I, re- I really do. Yeah. I, I dig it. I like it. It 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 makes a lot of sense. And, and I haven't even been drinking whiskey yet. So <laughs> no, we got to do. We're, we're gonna we're gonna have to do a pert too and get you on the whiskey. Um, yeah. One hundred percent, boys. Yeah, go for in, it, Mark. In talking about all this, we go to Delta banquets, Ducks Unlimited banquets. Are we? Spending the money to for conservation, you're spending money to get a rock, Ducks Unlimited rocking chair or a ticket on a Delta boat. <laughs> no, I think I think in that scenario, you're going there because you know where your money's going. Mm-hmm. You're not going there to buy a, a rocking chair because if you were, let's be honest again, if you were, you'd go buy the rocking chair at Lowe's and, and do whatever and, you want to do, and yeah. it'd be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, good point. I, uh, yeah. Okay, carry on, Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's good because this is, it, it is, it is really good because we're trying to, we're trying to convey this, this message that what we're doing is okay and it's, and it's good. And I think we, we come up with this, this, saying this spiel this speech that we say to other people with hopes that they buy into it and they agree with what it is that we're saying does that make sense so like by me saying well you know what i i'm a hunter i'm i'm a conservationist i i i have my memberships to delta to to ducks unlimited to this and this and this and my money is going to conservation and, and all of this stuff right so is it, I guess that the, the brutal honesty of it is, is it, is that what helps you sleep at night? Um, that may be a little bit strong of a statement. Gotta, again, what I'm trying to give, what I'm trying to tell you is that you just have to pass it out. Yeah. There's certain things that you absolutely do that are for conservation. You mm-hmm. join these organizations, you support Blood Origins. Yeah. Um, because of what they do that organization does mm-hmm. okay but yeah. for from a hunting perspective it's an action versus the the actual conservation itself i so i did okay go mark so, so just uh with this more generalized statement be true uh hunters as a group do more for conservation than anti-hunters I don't, I'll answer it this way. I don't have data to say yes or no. What I do have is I know that there are mechanisms, regulatory mechanisms that are in place that tax hunting and fishing activities, specifically in the United States, um, that contribute to wildlife conservation beyond what typical anti-hunting organizations do. Uh, The other data that we have is that most of your anti-hunting organizations have very, very large um, administrative operating costs, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. almost in the 80, 90% in which only 10% or less than 5% actually go to programmatic um, activities. 
When you look at someone like Blood Origins, ours is a little different because our programmatic activities are sort of tied into our operations. Um, but the organizations that are just putting content or conservation projects on the ground from a wildlife perspective are always typically in the 15 to 25% range of operations. You know, they don't get into the 7% range. It's almost unattainable from a wildlife conservation perspective. Um, so it's a difficult one to answer truthfully. And that's how we like to answer um, specifically if I had the data. Um, so. So when we talk about, and, and I know for, for the listeners that's, that's listening in, we, we've typically been 92 episodes of, of strictly talking waterfowl hunting. And, and this is, this is a little bit um, out of our comfort zone. So, so it's really good, but I really want to talk about this and Mark, Mark's from Newfoundland. I'm from Newfoundland where um, the seal hunt was such a major major way of life, a major economic boost to the province. Um, and now that is, it's gone the way to Dodo bird. And, and in my experience, and I don't have a ton when it comes to the seal hunt in Newfoundland, but in my experience, the anti-hunting um, community organizations did more harm to that population than any hunter or harvester ever did um and and i've i've seen it i've i know the men that that's been out on the ice and and have done this this thing for as a way of life so um i don't really know where my question is going here but i think it, it, you know for that for that it, it's a good example because it's essentially the example that that is used across the world in that the human element, the social element, it's quite funny in the, in the social human element sort of dichotomy between that and wildlife. When it suits them, for instance, in British Columbia, the social values of grizzly bear hunting were unacceptable and grizzly bear hunting got taken away. In the seal component, the social component of the value of the seals to the local indigenous communities were ignored, which is, which is weird. So they decided we're not gonna focus on the social. And so now you've got a wildlife, a seal population that is booming. Huh. Um, and so they would say we did a good thing. The wildlife is flourishing. Same with elephants in Botswana, 130,000 elephants in Botswana. But what is the true impact sort of, and you've got to look at all of these situations on a three-legged stool. And we've really only started thinking about this, this, this way, I would say in the last two months or so, myself. And so the way that I like to look at situations is from an environmental perspective. So environmentally, what is the situation? And, you know, seals, too many seals means that you've got a, some sort of trophic cascade occurring, prey base, that kind of stuff. Uh, then you have to look at it from an economic perspective. How did the economics of the situation, are they changed or how did they get impacted? And then the last leg is the social leg of the people, the communities that are, are uh, impacted with that. And... Um, yeah, it's a sad scenario. I've actually been 
meaning to watch that film called Angry Inuk for quite some time. I haven't gotten around to watching it yet, but supposedly it's brilliant on yeah. the, what happened. I, I just, I know, so with, with climate change, which is a real thing, um, with climate change, uh, growing up where I grew up, you would never see a seal pup on the beach. And there's so many now that it's almost like there's not enough ice for the, for the, for the, you know, the mothers, the hens or whatever they call the, the female uh, seals, but the, they've got to come ashore now to, to have their pups. And, and what happens then is that they're handled, they're touched, they're interacted with, which causes the mother to no longer have anything to do with them. Um, that, that pup now perishes. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's a trickle down effect. And, and I'm from a province where, um, and Mark as well, where our fishery was the main catalyst for, for our economic growth. And this boom in seal population has just decimated, decimated that, that fishery. Um, and, and it's just still growing. It's just still growing and growing and growing and growing. It, 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 it's so hard and it's one of those and it's one of the hunts and, and I know you mentioned uh, DiCaprio made his post about about wolves a couple of years ago he made a post about uh, global warming when when a Chinook had, had come through Alberta and that put the internet up in the storm and, and, and stuff like that but you look at you know uh, John uh, Paul McCarthy uh, and his wife had done a bit on the seal hunt in Newfoundland, which which drummed up so much attention. Everybody got excited about it. Everybody jumped on this bandwagon. But nobody actually knew the repercussions of what was happening with with the seal population, because they're they're going to just like the snow goose, they're going to eat themselves at a house and mm -hmm. home, how it's affecting the local economy, the people, all of that stuff. So. Wild, I, I'm really going to start paying a lot more attention to your social media now because I really dig it. I, I like what I like it. And I, and I think I, I've got a lot of educating on myself uh, to learn from it because, you know, I, I am a hunter, but am I an expert or, or 100? Well, we want you to be, right? We want you to be confident. Mm -hmm. When someone pushes back, when an anti pushes back, when you see a post, you're like, oh, man, I wish I could say something. I'm not going to say anything because I'm afraid of the backlash I'm going to get. Oh, no, now I feel much more confident. I can go in and just post something that's going to be informa informational, not, uh, you know, confrontational. Not, yeah, not confrontational yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. um, but really lays the truth out and says, you know, this is this is how we see it, and this is how we think about it. So mm -hmm. there's a there's a community Facebook page for my local area, and there's this one individual. She's continuously posting. Well, not not so much anymore. But when I first got on the page, she would post. It's just about community announcements and stuff. Really, is all it's for. And she would post anti-hunting stuff in a community Facebook page. So. 
this this went on long for a while. And then I said, you know what? I said, I, I commented, I said, seeing that you're allowed to post anti-hunting stuff, I said, hunting season's coming. <laughs> I said, I'm yeah. gonna start posting pictures of hunting and and things that are positive about hunting. And she never faced posted it, another thing <laughs> anti-hunting in, in the community group that had no no place for us. And I I was trying at the same time I was doing it, I was thinking about what you're saying. I said, how do I do this without being too aggressive? How would I just mm-hmm. have a suggestion like hunting season's coming? I'm going to start posting up positive stuff about hunting. <laughs> yeah, and that's and, so trying to figure out th- that, you know, that text, that that message that you send out. So we're seeing it not so much in the hunting community, but in the anti-firearms movement here in Canada, right? Like there, there's a lot of people jumping on this bandwagon of, listen, just just outlaw everything that, that fires a projectile out of a barrel. Um, and in my experience, and, and I'm, I've got a very, um, either way, the, the people that, are, that seem to be the ones that stand in front of the camera are the, are the people that are very bullish when it comes to the, the right to have a firearm or, or we should keep our firearms and stuff. They're very aggressive and confrontational and you can't do this to me. You can't take this away from me. And, and just like when I said, well, I'm a conservationist, that's why I, I buy my stamp. It's the same. Well, I got to have a gun to protect my family. Um, but listen, you got a gun because you like to shoot things like that, be it a target or, or whatever. So mm-hmm. Um, I think the education piece on this and knowing how to, how to interact with, with aunties or, or, and it doesn't have to be aunties. I think it just has to be, if it's somebody that doesn't understand why you do what you do and to be able to, to properly get that message across to them. I think that's, that's the thing that all of us can work on. I know personally i can work on it a ton because i know what i feel but i don't necessarily put that out um with words 100 percent, fellas um this has been an hour so our 60 minutes has, has flown by pretty quick and um as usual we just scratched the surface robbie buddy i'd love to get you back on again uh to talk about this because this is this is good man like i i you open my eyes to a lot of things and a lot of things i'm i'm going to walk away from this now and and really start thinking about that yeah i just want to i really think about how how i'm pushing my message out um yeah so i not only do i thank you for coming on the show but i also i i thank you for for educating me and and giving me something to think about as well yeah, no worries. Uh, the only thing I will I'll, I'll plug is that um, we have a very small group right now. We'd love to make it bigger, even because Canada is our second biggest audience. We have a Blood Origin specific Canada work group on Facebook. Okay. Uh, so if anybody's on Facebook, just look for Blood Origins Canada. And there's a Facebook group there that is specifically built for this kind of conversation. We're not interested in posting trophy pictures in there. 
We're interested in discussions around topics that are relevant to you guys in Canada. So come join the Facebook work group, um, as many as possible and invite you know, hundreds of your friends to come and uh, let's grow that thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll talk um, through DMs uh, after this and I'll get all that information. So when on Monday, when we post this episode up, I'll, I'll have all that information uh, in the description just so that it ma just makes it easier for uh, people to be able to connect with you and, and join these yep. groups and, and stuff like that. Um, we'll right. go around and uh, and just give the boys one last uh, chance to ask you any questions or anything, Ryan. Robbie, uh, nice to meet you, man. Um, it's really refreshing to know that there's people like you guys in your groups uh, kind of keeping the honesty and the integrity in, in the sport of what is hunting and uh you know ensuring that um the, the truth is out there for both sides of the argument that what we're all about and and uh yeah just keep uh keep sounding off that message i'm definitely gonna join that facebook group and uh appreciate your your time man no thank you man yeah bring all your friends to the facebook facebook work group right Mark. I don't know if you can see this. Um, no, it's really, it, it's like the cameras <laughs> making a blurry. Right. Anyway, I found it. Uh, Craig Lalonde <laughs> had already invited me. Okay. <laughs> so, and you didn't uh, accept? Come on. I don't know. It got lost in the, I don't know. <laughs> I know it's a pretty of, big deal. <laughs> yeah. Millions of friends requests. Stab to the heart. That's what it is, right? Stab to the heart. But uh, <laughs> oh, great meeting you, Robbie great conversations there some interesting points and whatnot that you 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 we discussed here and really makes makes me think about a lot of a lot of the discussion right uh there's definitely a need to take the the the, the route that you guys are taking for addressing some of these issues that uh, that wasn't that i didn't know even was there because you, you always hear about the arguments that are had pro and against and and you always want to have some sort of resource to back up your discussion and, and what you guys are presenting is, is awesome i just gotta say it's awesome and uh it's definitely something that i'm gonna try and get more fully involved in i am uh i got a pending request in now to join that group so <laughs> hopefully uh we can sort that out right now <laughs> there you go it's awesome. And, and one thing I, one thing we never brought up when it comes to hunting and why, and, and Robbie, this will be the last point that I really want to hear your take on this. Um, when people are asked, why is it fun or, or why you do it or whatever? For me as a teenager, it was just what people did. Mm. It, it was, it was nothing more than it wasn't because of anything other than you, you went out and you hunted like there was there was wild game and you went out and you hunted uh moose caribou um ducks that that was that was the thing that that you'd done it it you know it it uh supplemented your diet and and you know that that was the thing so i i don't know how much that plays into a factor i know for me young that was the reason why I did it is because my friends did it and and my father did it my uncles did it and my grandfather everybody did it so that was sort of the reason why I got into it and and then I've evolved obviously from there but 
Um, something, something for everybody to think about. I, and uh, a question that I'm, I'm probably going to ask everybody from now on. Good, um, I like it. They, Every yeah, guest they, that comes on, ask them the question. Yeah. Um, last word to you, Robbie, buddy. If you want, if you like what we do, support us. Uh, we're a nonprofit. Uh, we don't, you know, we work 24-7, 365. We don't take a day off. And um, mm -hmm. we have a supporters program that just for the cost of a cup of coffee a month, three bucks a month is the minimum donation we ask for. You can give whatever you want. You get entered into a sweepstakes every month for cool swag and hunts and all sorts of stuff all over the world. Um, if that's what you're up for. Um, but if you want to just support us, then that's, you know, just the easiest way to help us. If you have a company or a brand or an organization that says, we love what you do, we want to stand side by side with you. Uh, we have a conservation club, which allows us to find those projects that we talked about, fund the projects, plan the projects, all of that. That's just a simple monetary donation to what we do at different tiers. And um, yeah, and if you can't, if you don't have any money, then just share the crap out of the content. That's it. I, uh, I, I'm going to get involved. I can promise you that um, because I, I love the message. So ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 93 of the Union 0430. Something that was... Uh, very different from our normal show, um, but one that I, I honestly believe every one of you is, are, are going to end this episode scratching your head with a ton of questions and reflection upon yourself. This is the, uh, this is the Union 0430. We are not experts. We are, as advertised, just a bunch of friends that love hanging out, chatting, and talking about hunting, and hanging out with with some pretty awesome dudes, just like Robbie Croker, uh, Kroger, sorry, not Croker, Kroger. Um, where are you? Well, yeah. He's from South Africa, not Great Britain, like some idiot go. on this show. There you go. There you um, go. Robbie, buddy, thank you so much. Ryan, welcome back to the show. It has not been the same without you. Happy International Firefighters Day for Dave. Phil, you're a copper. I hope you're keeping those hippies at bay. Everybody else <laughs> will see you on episode 94. Big love.